Jesus promises to show us what we most need, to give us our true identity, and to show itself. But it starts with one step to follow him. I went on a missions trip to Brazil to visit Gary and Sherry Howder a number of years ago. You might remember this story, but if you don't, I'll remind you. All right, so we, we really did much of what, and this is, I, I didn't coordinate this ahead of time with Gary, just this is what he shared. So he, he had the wordless dramas. We did wordless dramas. We used like the revive bracelets. We used the wordless bracelets to tell people. We didn't know the language. I still remember a few phrases. Fazenda de Uva is the grape farm, because we went to a grape farm, and I had a little porch that had lather and leg at the two corners. And so espuma de perma means to lather the leg. So why do you remember these things? It's just, it's probably not, it's horrible Portuguese. I don't ask me to speak it. Um, but anyways, it's, it's what it is. But anyways, we mostly did evangelism type things. We shared the Jesus film, did the wordless bracelets. But one day, we did more physical labor. We built a brick building similar in the style that they had there. So what you would do is you'd put these, um, you'd put the mortar down, you'd put the clay brick, and you'd build it up, and then as it got bi- bigger to help give it strength, you'd, there's a technique that, and the tradesmen were way better than we were at this, they would, and these men were incredibly skilled, but they would, they could just build these things so fast and so well, but they, you'd take this trowel and flick the side of the building, and you had to do it in the right amount so you didn't get too much in some spots and not too little in others, so we'd, we built this building. And at the end of the day, these workers were so kind and generous. They said they wanted to make us smooth. So they started getting all their fruits. They said, oh, the fruit there, I don't care where you get your fruit, it's better there. It's way, I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't care. The best apple you ever had at the orchard is not as good as what you can have there. So they, they took this fruit and they put it in the blender and they, they, they added a generous amount of sugar and then they needed some water. So they went over. They turned on the tap, and they put the pitcher of water in there to make the smoothie. Now, we'd been told before we went on this trip, okay, first of all, we had to get the yellow fever shots. I don't remember all the shots. I, I, I say dengue fever just because it sounds cool. I don't know if I actually got a dengue fever shot, but I got all the shots. I got all the things. And for those of us going to Indonesia in a little bit, you know what this is like. If you've ever been to a foreign country, they always will tell you the... If they cook the food, even eating piranha like we had, or even if you're eating the, the goat like we had, if it's fully cooked, you're probably fine. You may not like the taste, but you're fine. Don't drink the tap water. You can drink bottled water, but don't drink the tap water. It, there's, there's anything in this water that'll make you deathly ill. We'd spent... A couple of years fundraising and planning and putting together this trip. But if you take one drink of this water from the tap water, you could have all that be washed away. Because you'd be laid up and you, you wouldn't be able to do any, any of it. So Bergy and Bill and I had done this you know, full day of working and these Portuguese tradesmen, wonderful men, were giving us this smoothie. And we, we followed the, the pipes. The pipes, because there's, it's, it's not cold like here. All the pipes are exposed. So we followed the pipes up to the water tower. And then we followed the pipes down to the South Francisco River, which is the river right near the cemetery. 
So this water, near as we could tell, goes straight from the river with cows by it, with sheep by it, with whatever by it, into the water tower, and then into the tap. No, it may have been filtered, and, and I don't know, I, I'm, I'm sort of filling in the blanks because we didn't have time to ask Gary, where do they get their water from? It, maybe it didn't come from, from the river, but for sure it was not bottled water. We looked at each other and said, should we drink this? No way in the world that we could explain to the, the tradesmen why we're not going to drink would understand maybe not so we looked at each other and said i th- i think we should drink this this smoothie so my friend bergy took some supplement he had a supplement stevia is i think is what it's called it doesn't do anything to purify anything but better about it so he, he put three drops of this in each of our glasses and we prayed and we had the most delicious smoothie i've had in my life and we waited to see what would happen next. I'm going to tell you what happened next, but first I want to, I want to tell you, and this is where this goes from, from. We're going to be looking at John chapter 1 today. Jesus met people that could eventually become his disciples. And he invited them to follow didn't say where it would end. He promises something, but there is a gap between what we know and what we can see in front of us and what might be. And there's so much that can happen. Today we're talking about discovering God's And as Christians, we we believe in the Bible and we have prayed. Maybe we've even prayed a prayer of salvation. We've asked Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. But from what I'm looking at and what I'm seeing in John chapter 1, and I'm learning so much about John from this study, he doesn't ask us to pray a prayer as much as something else. He asks us to follow him. We'll get into that this morning. I I love how the book of John has so much going on in it. Seven different times he says in the book of John, I am, like I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth. Seven different times, it's, a, it's, it's to show completion or perfection. He picks out seven signs. He doesn't call the miracles. He picks out seven signs to show this is who Jesus was. He, he, he showed it to the rich. He showed it to the poor. He showed it to the women. He showed it to the children. He showed this, this well-rounded picture of who Jesus is. In John chapter one, you could read seven names for Jesus. He is rabbi, teacher. He is the word. He is all these, he's the, he's all these different titles. That is on purpose. And when he introduces himself to his first disciples in John chapter one, there isn't a prayer. They didn't take communion. There, there isn't a memory verse. It was an invitation to follow with a promise, but no certainty about what lies ahead. And he was seeking to give new purpose in life. When John wrote this gospel, it was most people believe it was near the end of his life. 
And I'm sure that, like me telling my story from way back then, as we move along in our life, different things stand out to us. Like certain things, certain facts, just kind of get washed away and they get lost. But there's other things that become more and more relevant and real. And I think John, when he got to the end of his life, said, there's a lot of stuff that happened. And we even know at the end of the book, he said, there's so many more things that could have been written. But he narrowed just, this is what people must know. And when he, he was telling people about, when, okay, when we first started, can you imagine being there on the scene when Jesus invited disciples this is like the ground floor this is before anybody knows anything that's about to happen this is what he said I look back and in some ways I'm so glad that I had that day on the banks of the South Francisco River I'm probably saying that way wrong I'm sorry that I had to make a decision what would I do and I would imagine God does that for each and every one of us. I would hope for every single person, they get to the point like the disciples were on, on that day, maybe on the banks of the Jordan River, maybe on the banks of the Sea of Galilee, next to a, a fig tree in Capernaum, where we are asked, will you follow? And I think John knew exactly what it meant, and there was a, there was a decision to be made. Jesus introduced his mission to some disciples. And this is, let's be honest, this is before the miracles happened. This is before the signs. This is just a teacher offering truth. He's offering a life that is the best, that's at the fullest. But would the disciples follow? And what happens next would change not just their lives, but the very course of history. If you have, if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn to John chapter 1, starting with verse 35. John chapter 1, verse 35. There again with his two disciples. Jesus said, saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Jesus starts with an invitation. Join me. He wants his people to see him. But then there's this promise, this future tense, and you will see. Jesus invites people to come and to follow, but it, it, it comes before we will know what will happen. Before the feeding of the 5,000, before Lazarus was raised from the dead, before the women was freed from the, the pious religious that came to stone her, before the woman found living water, Jesus was telling them, come and you will see. He doesn't say pray and you will see or take communion and you will see. He doesn't say any of those things. He just invites people to be something far more personal with him. Come and you will see, come and be, come with where I'm staying. If you were to ask me, so where are you staying? I would probably give you my address. Oh, I live in Mosinee. I would just tell you. Jesus doesn't do that. I'll do something better. I'll show you. You're going to have to come with me. 
Some people might tell you they want a deeper relationship with God. Like a deeper relationship with God? Wouldn't that be a nice thing? We know that people drive and have a relationship with Him. But have we thought about how personal and how deep you really want all in with Jesus? Let me share this maybe in another way. Have you ever gotten frustrated with God because things did not work out the way that you thought? Like, you came to Jesus. It didn't work out the way you thought it should. And if we're honest, this whole God thing doesn't always work out like we believe it should. So we've kept God at arm's distance. We believe that God is good, but can we all agree life is bad sometimes? We believe that God is generous. We've read the stories. Do you remember back in Sunday school, all the feeding of the 5,000? God has all this food, apparently. God heals people, apparently. I, I went to Sunday school, and you were in the class. But if God is so generous, why am I hungry? Why am I missing? Maybe not just on food, on a relationship, on life that I really want. We God is forgiving. Have you heard this? God forgives sins. And why do I feel guilty? We find ourselves feeling guilty. And the, the other problem that goes with this, we belong to churches and places. If we were totally honest with one another about the discrepancy between what we believe about God and what we feel inside of our hearts that we can't help but feel like, man, I, there's a disconnect here. I believe that a maturity in our faith will happen when this happens. When we start taking the truth of who God is and we take the reality of life and we begin to try to really mesh them together and figure out how does this work. I wonder if perhaps one of the things God is doing is he's stripping away all the things, maybe all the things of this, this earth so that all we have is him. And maybe that is when we will begin to understand what this life was meant to be. This real purpose to follow him was only meant to be when we follow him completely and go where he is. So Jesus invited people to be with him. But he wouldn't tell them where he was going. He would only show them. They had to join them, leaving behind what they had. And Jesus was able to give his followers purpose in life, but only if they would follow. Let's read on in John chapter 1. What happens next? He meets some, some of the characters, some very famous characters in this, in this Bible. So they went and where, from where he was saying and spent the day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Think about who Jesus attracted. Tax collectors. These people were extorting their own people. He collected Zionists, or rebels, people trying to overthrow the government. Smelly fishermen. 
And he invited them to be with him, but he promised them to give them identity. Listen to what he tells Simon. You will be Cephas. You will be called the rock. You will be called this strong person. If you would follow Jesus through the Gospels, you might say, oh yeah, Simon, the guy who talks before he thinks. Or, oh yeah, Simon, the reckless guy that jumps out of boats without a life preserver. Or maybe worse yet, oh yeah, Simon, the denier. If you just had the gospel record and you didn't have anything that follows, what would you call Peter? I wouldn't call him the rock. I'd call him a lot of other things. I would not call him the rock. But what did Jesus Peter? He saw his heart and he saw where he would become. This is life-altering. When our identity is formed not on what we see or even what the world sees as us, but what God sees in our hearts, that changes everything about us. And it, remember, it's in the future tense. He can see, he can project forward and see where this is going. People tend to take cues, and we take our identity and value from the world around us. And so much of what we think is driven by what others are saying and what others think. Person, maybe you know this person, an abusive relationship. They're, they're sitting next to this person, they're living with this person that hurts them, emotional and sometimes physical or even sexual abuse is coming again and again. And we wonder, why does the person just leave? But if your identity, if your value as a person comes from what this person might think of you, you have to stay with them. I'm not saying it's right, but I can see why people think that way. If a person thinks their value comes from belongings, you've got to make more money and earn more to get more belongings. Even family can confuse our understanding. We can hold our children and a spouse so tightly that we almost believe God can't even have a say in life until we say it's okay first. But if we follow Jesus, we can discover true identity. Jesus said to look at ourselves differently, to see ourselves like he sees us, forgiven, grace given, a child of God, part of the royal priesthood, victors over the enemy. And to follow Jesus because we truly believe he knows best whatever happens. Whatever happens happens he knows best we know what that means and that is scary follow me is a huge deal Jesus points to one final thing in this chapter and what it leads to it leads to a new view of God's work the last verse of one says he was talking to Peter or sorry Daniel and Philip, he's talking to all these guys, and, and he said, listen, very truly I tell you, you will see, again, this future tense, follow me, he's saying, follow me, and you will see in the future, this heaven open and the angels of God descending, descending on the Son of Man. The person that follows Jesus will see him. They end up following 
Jesus. I imagine that day there was other people present. I, it, I'm just throwing a name out there. Zechariah. Good old Zach. Zach was with Peter and Simon and Andrew and all the guys. The whole gang was there. And Zach heard the same words that all the rest of them heard. And he said, you know what? The fishing business is actually going to get pretty good if all these fishermen leave. I think I'm going to stay here. So it was a tax, tax collecting gig. I'm actually doing okay here. Why would I want to follow? We don't know Zach's story because he didn't follow. And nothing happened. They lived their life, but what could have been between them and Christ didn't occur. And that same scenario can happen today. person understands that following is necessary, but they're trying to hang on to this and this at the same time. And so many times when a person is trying to hang on to Jesus and the world at the same time, they end up with neither. Praise God, we have the stories of the Bible, and especially Peter's, and those that follow, because we have those stories we know where our identity comes from. I think some people think, oh, when I get to heaven, it'll be the streets of gold. My mansion. My room in this mansion. But what he promises, if you look at that verse carefully, you will see God. You can have a relationship with God. The, what heaven is, is not the mansion. It's not the streets. It's a relationship with heaven truly is a relationship with God, and we can have that today. So heaven on earth exists even today. All for those who follow him. We, we drank our smoothies. They were delicious. And ten minutes later, An hour later, a day later, we are fine. In fact, we thought, this is amazing. This is great. I recommend it. If you go to in, in shots, don't say, oh, because I prayed and put a little stevia in my drink, I'm fine. It doesn't work that way. I can also tell you a little bit later, because snafu with our tickets, and Gary and Sherry can attest, this is a true story. They had to put us in first class because our regular Tickets were used up, and they served us a wonderful meal on this first-class flight. We all got incredibly ill, like deathly ill, from the food on the airplane on our, on our way back to the States. Before anyone says, oh, because I believe in God and because I my fruit smoothies Everything else, my kids and my life and everything will be fine. That is a lie. Because God's life is not to make sure everything is fine. Are the, it's his goal is to understand and follow him. Seek him more than anything in this world. The person that says, oh, God has forgotten me because I got sick. I got, everything was taken. My, taken, my children were taken from me. Everything was taken, things most valuable to me, that if God is loving and God cares, it was taken from me. God doesn't care. 
don't, don't envy the person that gets all the things that you wish you could have, this world offers, because it is, it is a dead end. Everything this world offers is a dead end. It just, they're going further down the person that realizes sooner, follow me. That call is still there. And we're invited to take it. Before you leave today, if pray with some, we'll have some prayer counselors up here afterwards. Of course, we have the Connection Cafe. You can meet with Gary and Sherry, say hello. Um, but we are called to follow him. The future, the end future is secure. There's a lot of meantime. Will we follow him? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray that we'd understand and know that your, your word is true. And like those disciples way back when, we have the same we have the same need to listen, to understand, and then make a decision. Will we follow you? I pray that that would be on our hearts, not just to be aware, but to seek with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We give you this week ahead. I pray that we'd find ways to follow you every day in it. In Jesus' name, amen.